Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather each Sunday morning at 10.30 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now, here's this week's message from Hollyview Church, as Elder Dean Gonerman will preach from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, with a message entitled, The Essentials of Our Faith. I saw in that uh, song sheet, it said, uh, Elder Dean Gonerman. I think that referred to my position here, not my age. <laughs> But it could refer to both. <laughs> I uh, just want to say I really, um, I really appreciate uh, Joel and Amy and what they're doing at the church here. This past week there was a memorial service for a co-worker of mine at the bank, and uh, Joel conducted that service and. It was a really meaningful time, so I really appreciate that. I want to talk to you today on, um, I want to read a, three, two scriptures to you. The first one is in Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, and I'll read that. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to cap for captives and release for prisoners. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And then I want to just turn over to Luke chapter 4, verse 16. This was right after Jesus, or right as he launched his ministry. He said, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout all the countryside. Um, and he was in the synagogue, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he was brought up, and on the Sabbath, Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as his, which was his custom. And he stood up and read, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight 
to the blind, to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, I just read that from Isaiah, and Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he quotes that same scripture. <clears throat> but I want to talk to you this morning about from the Isaiah passage because it's a little bit different in some places. First of all, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. I believe there are three things in this passage I read. One is the starting point of our Christian lives, and it involves the spirit of the Lord. When we accept Christ into our lives, his spirit comes into our life. And as a Christian, we have his spirit in our lives. And his spirit prompts us to do things, prompts us when we shouldn't do things. And uh, that's the spirit of the, God, of the Lord in us. And it says, um, the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Now you may think, well, this is a prophecy of Jesus. It was also what Isaiah did. But he doesn't, the Spirit doesn't tell all of us to preach the gospel. But it does tell us to share the gospel and to live the gospel. So the Spirit of God is on us for a purpose. Not all of us are preachers like Joel, but still the Spirit of God is in us and on us, and he does want us to share the gospel. And it says here, the gospel is good news to the poor. Now, <clears throat> why is it good news? You know, there's... Some people have these good news Bibles, and it's called good news. And it's good news because it tells how God loves us. He loves us so much that he came to earth in the form of a man, Jesus Christ. And Jesus went about sharing God's love. He went about teaching about God. And he went about healing people's lives. And I believe that the gospel, when we live it, it is healing in our lives. It helps us to live better lives. It helps us to live healthier lives. And so that's what the good news is, that there is a God and he loves us. He loves us so much that he died on the cross for us. And he did that so we could have the forgiveness of sins. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned. I know uh, when I became a Christian, it was a kind of an emotional experience because I thought about all of the lies I'd told and some of the things that I'd done that 
just weren't good. But the good thing about forgiveness, the good news, is that we can have forgiveness in Christ. And Christ says, I forget all of that. I forgive it. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's a relieving feeling in our lives when we know our sins are forgiven. So that's the good news. Now he says he preaches here to the poor. Who are the poor? Now there were probably a lot of poor people in the day of Isaiah. And there were in the day of Jesus, poor people that they didn't have resources, they didn't have money. Jesus' first disciples were fishermen. That's how they made their living. They would go fishing. If they didn't catch any fish, they probably didn't eat. They didn't have fish to sell at the market. And um, there were a lot of poor people. I think Jesus' first disciples were very poor people. And, um, but I think the word poor here means something else. Preach the gospel to the poor. And I think it refers to our condition, our spirits. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit or in heart. And I think in our lives, we feel empty sometimes. And I know that was when I first became a Christian, I, I was empty. I had tried all kinds of things. I had had a college education. I thought that would get me through life. And we try different things, but there's an emptiness in it that only God, the Spirit of God, can fill. And so when he says he preaches to the poor here, he's talking about people that are poor in their spirits also. People that have tried things and they're kind of empty and at the end of their rope, so to speak. And Jesus can come in with his spirit and fill that emptiness. Now, I want to go on from here. That's a starting point, the Spirit of God in our lives. The next part here is, it says, He has sent me. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me to proclaim freedom to captives. He sent me to release prisoners and to proclaim the Lord's favor, the goodness, the blessing of the Lord. And then he goes on to say a lot of other things after that. But I just want to talk about a few of these. First of all, to bind up the brokenhearted. You know, that brings to mind right away uh, the Good Samaritan. You know, he was passing his way in life, and he finds this man who had been beaten and robbed. 
and broken. And some religious people passed him by. But the Good Samaritan, even though he was a different race, he stopped and bound up his wounds and helped him. And he spent some of his resources, his money on him, to make sure he got back to health again. The scripture says that he sent us to bind up the brokenhearted. And as we work and go about our lives, we meet people that are broken in heart. You know, you see sometimes that picture of a heart with a crack through it. That's a broken heart. And uh, Jesus went about binding up, helping people with broken hearts. And that's what he wants us to do. He sends us to help people that have tragedies in their lives. And tragedies do happen. Someone dies in the family. Or somebody gets a diagnosis of cancer. Or, you know, some other health issue. Um, you know, Jesus said that we're to bind up the broken heart. We're to help them. And so our lives as Christians, that's just the starting point. We're to reach out to people around us, especially the brokenhearted. Then he says, um, says also, proclaim freedom to captives. Who are captives in our society? There are people. There are people that are on drugs. They're captive to that. On alcohol, they're captive to that. Some people come from bad family backgrounds. They can't seem to shake it. They're captive to it. And there are many reasons in life that we can be captivated. But Jesus and Isaiah says here in the Old Testament, I've come to proclaim freedom, to be free from that. And he also mentions prisoners here. Some of you meant, um, might remember that uh, I was a jail chaplain at Multnomah County for 12 years, and I met with a lot of prisoners. And uh, sometimes I'd share this scripture with them, and they loved this part, release of prisoners. <laughs> they just light up when I said that. And... Um, I would also point out that there are consequences to our sin, to our crime, that must be paid. But you can have the freedom that of a changed life. You don't have to come back here. And sometimes I saw the same inmate time and time again. 
they'd get out and be free for a while and commit the same crime. Jesus said, and Isaiah says, release for prisoners, release in their lives. And then he goes on here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the Lord's favor in our lives. I believe that this refers to the blessing of God in our lives. I like um, what Isaiah 103 says, 103 verse 3 through 6, he says, he forgives all my sins. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit. And the pit can be depression, can be a downer in life. He redeems my life from the pit. He crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I think, um, you know, that says it pretty well, his benefits to us, forgiving our sins, lifting us up out of the pit, you know, um, sharing his love and compassion with us. And he wants that, us to do that with other people also, those that we meet to share our love, share his love and compassion with it. And then it goes on in that verse, he has sent me to comfort all who mourn. Comfort all who mourn. There are people that need comfort. They need someone to put their arm around them and say, I love you, I care for you. You know, um, some of you that are old timers here might uh, remember my little wife back there, Eunice. <laughs> she used to go to the hospitals all the time to people and some of the people around here that have been in hospital. And Eunice would go and sit there and silently pray for them. And um, that was her ministry, comfort those in need. And then it goes on to say here, to provide for those who gr grieve in Zion, people that grieve, give them comfort. And then it says, bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes. A crown of beauty, a crown of something that kings wore. You know, when you're a Christian, you can feel like a king. You can feel on top of the world. Um, you know, a crown of beauty. There are people in life that just don't feel good about themselves for some reason. There's this thing called the inferiority complex. They feel inferior. That's not what this says. 
You are a creation of God, and God has made you beautiful. There, um, I read an article some time ago in a magazine, I don't remember where, but it says that many times young girls, they go through this crisis where they just don't feel beautiful. And it can have a detrimental effect upon them. But the gospel says here that you can be beautiful. He'll bestow a crown of beauty upon you, where you, just as God created you, you're a beautiful person. And a crown of beauty. And um, he said, instead of ashes, you know, when I worked at the Federal Reserve Bank, one of the things we did was um, banks would send back to us their mutilated currency, their old currency that is worn out. And um, one of the things we did at the bank, we had to destroy it. And we threw it in a gas furnace. and turn on the burner and let it burn overnight. And the next day we'd come back and open the door and we had a rake that we had to rake it to make sure no bills came out that were still there. But I still remember opening that furnace sometimes and you'd see these bundles of bills. They were still sitting there. You could read the numbers on them and see the picture but you'd touch them and it'd just disintegrate into ashes. They'd been burnt. And um, Jesus says, I want to give you beauty instead of ashes. Sometimes people feel that they're left with the ashes of a life. Their business is ruined. Financially, they had a real downer, or whatever it might be. Jesus can give you beauty for ashes. And um, you can lift your head high. You don't have to accept the ashes. And he says, An oil, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. The oil of gladness. In the, the Old Testament, they put oil on your head, and I think they did that in Jesus' day, and it was a symbol of gladness. Welcome. I want you to feel good here. The oil of gladness. And as Christians, we should be enjoying the oil of gladness from God's Spirit. He has made us, and he wants us to be happy people, glad people. You know, I, in, I've lived a lot more years than some of you, but I've known people that are Christians that have been kind of downers, you know? They're <laughs> They, they just don't look happy, you know? 
We're supposed to be happy people. People want to see us smile. They don't want to see us sad all the time. The oil of gladness in our lives, that's what the Spirit gives us. And um, <clears throat> the last thing here is a, a garment of praise instead of, instead of a spirit of despair. A spirit of despair. I think of a spirit of a despair as probably depression. Sometimes depression happens in life. And um, thankfully there's helps, medications, things like that can help us today. But this says a garment of praise. God wants to like just put a garment on us, cover us with praise. And uh, make us feel that we're important. And give us praise for who we are instead of despair and depression. That's what the Spirit wants to do in our lives. And then finally, the third thing here is this final part of verse 3. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Oaks of righteousness. Ralph loves trees, I know that. Some of you have gone on hikes with Ralph and he'll show you a tree that's a hundred years old or something like that. I bet it right now, Ralph knows where there's a big oak. Oaks of righteousness. Here's this beautiful tree, strong, hard wood in it. You know, it's amazing what God creates when he creates a tree. I remember reading a poet years ago when I was in college, and I think it was James Joyce said, Poems are written by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. And God wants us to be oaks of righteousness, strong for what is right. This beautiful tree, hardwood, oaks of righteousness. What a picture. And uh, he says he does that. It's a planting of the Lord. The Lord does that. He plants trees. He makes them grow. And it's, it's a mystery to us. How does that beautiful hardwood tree, a big trunk, just come up out of the ground, out of the soil and the moisture? It's amazing. But God can do that in our lives too. He can make us oaks of righteousness, strong for him, beautiful, giving shade to the needy, you know, 
oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. There's one reason for us to become a strong tree like an oak. It's for displaying the Lord in our lives. Displaying his splendor. Living a life of that reaches out to our fellow men, our co-workers at work, people we meet during the week, putting our arm around them, showing them love, helping them. And in doing that, we're displaying the love of God. I want to just close there. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is in us as Christians. He's got these things that he wants us to do to help our fellow men. And you all live your own lives in various places. I'm sure you can find people in need, people that are looking for love. You know, when I, um, I worked at the bank, the, my boss, the vice president, he was, his name was Angelo. Um, he was a strong Italian. And, uh, but he had a good sense of humor and he really was good to me. But I remember after he retired and after I retired, I, I used to call him. We'd get together for coffee once in a while. And um, his wife had cancer. And he told me, she seems to be slipping and going down. And I said, can I come over and just visit you guys sometime? He said, yeah, he'd like that. So I went over to Angelo's place and his wife was in bed and, and just, you know, I think it was the spirit of God. I just got the impulse. I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes, please do. And so I, I prayed for her. I just prayed that she would have the peace of God in her life as she goes through this journey. And um, the next time I went back, I said, can I read a little scripture to you? And he said, yeah, I'd like that. So I read a little scripture to him. And um, a few weeks later, she passed into eternity. And um, at her um, memorial service, Angela wanted me to do the sermon or give the eulogy and so forth. And I did, and that was the first funeral I've ever spoken at. But um, that all happened because I think Angela saw something in me and he saw that maybe I can help his wife. And I think you meet people too that are that way. They're, 
They're hurting. Maybe they have health issues. They need the Spirit of God. And he sends us. The Spirit of God has sent us to lift up the brokenhearted, the needy, the unhealthy, and so forth. So I'm going to close there and pray with you. <clears throat> Dear Jesus, we just come to you thanking you for your spirit that is in us, the spirit that prompts us to do things, the spirit that helps us to reach out and touch lives. Lord, may that be our goal in life. May we continue to be just your servants, touching people, living people, people, and showing them your love. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church. Thank you.